0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in melbourne australia for more information go to all the crorgau
1: i'm riding on my bike i'm going round the block no i can't cross the road i'm not allowed to do that I'm so happy here guys. i I'm just riding on my bike, I'm going round the block, I'm Good morning, welcome guys. to this week's edition of the Yarra Boss Reviews Group Radio Show for Monday the 12th of October 2020. We acknowledge the Rurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the previous hour of Current Affairs. My name's Chris, and uh, yeah, are boss bicycle users group radio for a show about cycling, active transport, and predominantly active transport, if I need to repeat that. Uh, we're coming to you from 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne, Australia, and like many, many, many other programs on 3CR, I'm recording from home, but uh, we'll see how we go with the uh, gradual lifting of stage 4 restrictions when 3CR will will begin full of people, but I think it's going to be a while yet. Okay, on today's show, I'm going to be doing a catch-up with Alice Pryor. Alice, I spoke to a few months ago uh, about uh, a survey uh, that showed uh, it's Australian parents wanted to see better infrastructure funding and separated infrastructure for kids riding. And we're doing a bit of a catch up because of an announcement that happened last week. Now, Alice is working with a group of people, you know, she'll say this in the interview, like um, with the Amy Gillett Foundation and Bicycle Network, to get better infrastructure, especially during these uh, COVID 19 times where. Again, in Australia, especially New South Wales, we're seeing it and also overseas where we're looking towards getting better protected lanes and the like when people want to ride for transport and increasing numbers thereof. Now, okay, I've made reference to an announcement that happened last week. I want to actually give this uh, a bit of a backgrounder as well now the media release is safer cycling and more routes to keep melbourne moving and this came out of uh, daniel andrews and the minister for roads and road safety ben carroll now now, they announced on the seventh of October that uh, hundred kilometres of new and improved cycling routes will be delivered across key inner-city Melbourne suburbs to make it easier and safer for people driving. Was Did I say driving? No, cycling. Cycling in into the CBD. With more people expected to use cars to get around, this thirteen million dollar investment will deliver pop-up lanes to retrieve, relieve congestion and provide an alternative to public transport for those living closer to the CBD. Then it goes into a bit about, you know, works will be delivered in the next couple of months, and um, there's going to be 40 local jobs come out of it. Planning for the routes is underway with signage, road markings, and barriers used to create the pop-up improvements for cycle lanes, off-road paths, and crossing points. The changes... Will improve travel options from inner Melbourne areas such as Footscray, Northcote, and St Kilda. Deep breath. Okay, now local councils and government and community representatives will be consulted as the pop-up cycling route routes are developed, and ensure they are best fit local needs. Ooh, isn't that going to be fun? Considering what we've had to con- uh, contend with in Yarra in the last few months. Okay, um, and part of this media release is something that Victoria has been lacking in every other other state in Australia, Victoria will also introduce mandatory minimum passing distances next year, improving cyclist safety and ensuring passing distance rules clear and consistent across state lines for all road users. When introduced in 2021, the regulatory change will make it mandatory for motorists to give cyclists at least one metre clearance when overtaking on the roads with speed limits up to 60 kph and 1.5 metres on roads with speed limits above 60. So it's not just one metre, it's 1.5 when you get above 60. Now into this next paragraph, it's like, Ah, look, it's Groundhog Day. Uh, Cross Victoria, the $100 million TAC Safer Cyclists and Pedestrian Fund is also delivering 44 walking and cycling projects. OK, you know you know, by this point of, the, you know, you're listening to me and going, Chris is just uh, doing this ad for an item. Yeah, well, I'm doing it for a reason because uh, there's some stuff in here I find really interesting. Go back almost four years ago... We saw the announcement of I'm just going back to go and find it. The Victorian government last week said it improved work to support the growing rates of cycling and walking in Victoria with the launch of Active Transport Victoria, and that was on October the sixteenth, two thousand and sixteen. And this is when the roads and road safety minister was Luke Donlan. Now we had this very similar process. Uh, and there's probably people no doubt listening to this who are probably more or fate with the process than I am. What's happened with this hundred million dollars with the ATV? Has it accrued interest? Can uh, is Ben Carroll uh, working some interesting uh, yeah, networking and the like within the 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 Victorian government to actually get things moving, because the ATV or Active Transport Victoria, it kind of was a really good idea at the time.com and it didn't really do anything. Correct me if I'm wrong, you can uh, contact us uh, Yarrabug if you want to. I believe that that $100 million was carried over in successive state budgets. But on the positive side, this is... Uh, with this media release, it shows that the state government is actually starting to do something after years of glacial inaction. Because you might remember going back even 10 years ago that we used to have a bike budget and it's and, uh, just things drifted off and disappeared and evaporated, and there was no political will. And we've had successive stuff on this show if you've been listening to us for a long time of us having a uh, critique of what the hell has gone wrong here. Well, sounds like. Then Carol may be getting things back on track, but part of that is good, keep going. But if you're not going to uh, actually deliver, well, as someone said to me, you know, say thank you one day, but keep kicking the next day if they don't deliver. And mm, that may be a little bit strong, but it's um, we've seen some repetitive stuff in the last four years, which is we're doing something, but not really. But on the better side of that, we're going to have minimum passing hopefully in Victoria. I've seen that Amy Gillett Foundation have got a media release out about that. That's also may come with some strings attached. Didn't hear it from me. Oh, okay. Well, actually, just did hear it from me because I said it. But <sighs> these things you really want the best process and the best legislation and the best outcomes and I would say to this with minimum passing in Victoria be very vigilant. Now in some other news you would no doubt know that it's council election time and uh, yeah (laughs) okay with Yarra Bug we've put out a survey fair amount of candidates in the Yarra region responded you can look at that and see how people scored on that or didn't it's on yarrabug.org, and it's the second item or up there about our 2020 candidate survey. Now, also, Bicycle Network have got a fair amount of information out about uh, other councils. Bike Melbourne have put something up. Also, Glen Ira, Port Phillip Bug, and uh, also Street Relay of Yarra, but also Yarra Climate Action Now have also got uh, reviews out or surveys of candidates standing in the Yarra council election. You might remember uh, last year, or probably the year before, I had Carlton Rude on the show talking about autonomous vehicles. Now, he writes for Forbes.com, and great article he's got out there at the moment, which is, Bicycles and Buses Will Be Future's Dominant Modes of Urban Mobility. And this is predicted by 346 transport experts. Now, the point I want to dig into this article is that there is um, a significant uh, new report uh, by the World Economic Forum. And the it's uh, from a group, Transport for Under Two Degrees, i.e. keeping um, climate change to a minimum of under two degrees. And its project is published as The Way Forward. And it's arguing that governments around the world should stop subsidising motoring and must instead build cycleways and wider sidewalks, i.e., in Australia footpaths, to anticipate the likely future of active transport in um, cities. Public transport use must be boosted, urges the Transport for Under Two Degrees project, which was commissioned by Germany's Federal Foreign Office and produced by the berlin based think tank uh, it's known as GIZ which is a federal consultancy service now so I'm going to put these into I'm going to put this link into the podcast because it's really interesting stuff as in where active transport can link into and help you know, in terms of uh, mitigate climate change, now the way forward, two years in the making, was based upon existing studies and new quantitative interviews with uh, with international experts from the transport and energy sectors, including companies, NGOs, and national and local governments. A further 346 senior experts from 56 countries were quizzed on the following surveys. And it's all about decarbonisation of the transport sector, which are thereof. Walking and cycling is vital. So I'll add that into the the podcast description. And uh, it's also links back into um, quite a few things I've said on the show or interviews thereof in the last six months back into this transport front of two degrees the way forward, responses to COVID-19 have shown potential for systematic changes to the mobility sector after all I've said uh, in the intro to do with uh, you know, media announcements and minimum passing and council elections and this is a great uh, a thing I found on Twitter by Tom Flood when someone new to riding a bike asks me best way to get somewhere. I provide the safest route, but I'm always horribly nervous as I feel personally responsible for their safety. I really wish our city had these similar feelings. Up next, catch-up interview with Alice Pryor from Parents Voice. Do you need to renew your subscription, make a donation?
0: Or pass on some information to a programmer?
1: We can't get to the phone all the time right now, but we're still here. You can call us on 03 9419
0: 8377. Each weekday between 1 and 5pm and talk to a staff member. That's 03 9419 8377. 3CR Community Radio, here to stay. Voice. Um, we're an online network of parents working to improve food and physical activity environments for kids. Um, we did a survey earlier in the year of parents that showed that 94% of parents supported greater government investment uh, in infrastructure so that parents and children can safely walk, ride, and scoot. And so really, that was the really key thing that came out of the survey that separation of cycling routes from traffic. Um, and that that safety issue being one that really encouraged parents when the safety issue was addressed, encouraged families to get out um, on their bikes.
1: Wednesday or Thursday of this week, that the Victorian Government uh, made an announcement about infrastructure, safe cycling and more routes to keep Melbourne moving. And it was a fairly involved thing because it also involved some minimum passing stuff. But Roads Minister Ben Carroll today announced that one hundred kilometres of new and improved cycling routes will be delivered across key inner Melbourne suburbs to make it safer and easier for people riding in into the CBD. Have you had a chance to process any of this yet, Alice? We've had we we have we've had a
0: uh, we've had a bit of a look at it. We obviously thanked the minister for his investment in uh, in cycling infrastructure, and uh, along with the survey that we did, we've also been working behind the scenes with a, a collective of um, organisations across Victoria, including people like Bicycle Network and the Amy Gillett Foundation. We've all been working together in kind of pulling in the same direction, and so we're very happy that that kind of collective the collective advocacy and the collective work has resulted in this investment.
1: Is there any like direct thing you can see that will help like um, parents and kids riding to school? Because just going a little bit into this um, presser planning for the routes is underway with signage and road markings and barriers used to create the pop-up improvements. And it's just going into the areas of changes will improve uh, Improve. travel options for inner city Melbourne areas such as Footscray, Northcote and St Kilda. Mm. Uh, Do you know any more details other than that?
0: Unfortunately, I don't know the exact details of where the routes will be, uh, will be going, but I am encouraged to hear at least that there are some that are being invested in the inner West because we know there's increasing numbers of people out there cycling um, and it will give them a key way to get either in and out of the city or, more importantly, for us to provide some kind of key spines to allow families to be moving around their suburbs using um, bikes.
1: Yeah, because that's been an overwhelming observation and our feedback of you know, the last uh, six to seven months of being in Melbourne. Never seen so many families riding together with their kids, You know, especially like on the weekends, to do you know because we're limited what we can do with especially with the five kilometer perimeter of what you can do mm-hmm. you'd have some uh, feedback there about people getting out would you
0: oh absolutely so I um even just from my own personal experience I live uh probably not quite considered in a north um, I'm up in Hadfield which is really suburban compared to Brunswick where I grew up And there's been increasing numbers of families out uh, particularly as the weather's getting a bit warmer out with their bikes and I know myself uh, I managed to get my six-year-old off her training wheels which was quite an achievement and I don't think there's there's any true test of patience in parenthood uh, that compares to teaching a kid to ride a bike (laughs) Um, but we got there uh, and I was very 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 proud of her and she was rewarded with a with a new bike Uh, and it's not to go off on a complete tangent, but uh, it's hard rubbish time up here, um, or as I used to call it, the Great Recycling Festival. Um, And I've noticed that there's a significant number of uh, kids' bikes out. And I I would like to kind of hazard a guess that there's a whole lot of people who have rediscovered their bikes and have had to upgrade as their kids have gotten bigger, you have realised that the bike you only use over school holidays actually isn't quite the right size anymore. So there's a bit of a kind of swap happening Throughout the suburb, as people, I picked up one and took it home, and we've put some smaller ones out.
1: Oh, um, lovely. They
0: really quick. So um, I think that it was really important for us. And one of the reasons we did the survey was not just to kind of help government in terms of investing in that kind of post coronavirus recovery stuff and saying the answer isn't just cars, but it was also. To put the investment in to help families kind of keep this joy, figure out ways. At the moment, people are using their bikes recreationally with their kids. With schools going back today here in Victoria, hopefully, or at least in kind of inner metro, hopefully, um, there'll be increasing number of families riding to school as well, um, yeah. and this, this investment will help. 15th of October 1970, the Westgate Bridge in Melbourne collapsed during construction, killing 35 people and injuring many more. 3CR will mark this important 50 year commemoration with a special broadcast featuring audio from our archives. Oh, I think it's uh, well documented why it collapsed. Uh, the uh, engineer released every second bolt and it just couldn't handle it and down it came. But for a while it was not exactly clear who had survived.
1: My first impression was that uh, I've never been in a war, but it certainly looked like a a war zone. People couldn't wait and they were jumping in the water trying to get to save some of their mates.
0: The Westgate Bridge disaster, 50 years on. Tune in at 2pm on Thursday the 15th of October.
1: It's absolutely vital to bring in, especially with. Yeah, so you're saying school is restarting.
0: Yeah, so the kids, um, well, primary school-aged kids go back, to, um, as well as uh, kids in the later years of high school. I'm not sure about that. That kind of early bit of high school, because that was a change that was announced during the week. And both my kids are in primary school, and they're very excited to be back, uh, back in the classroom rather than. Uh, managing it virtually with me as the kind of substitute assisted teacher
1: I salute every parent out there he's been trying to do that uh, it, it must be phenomenal on top of everything else you do as a parent trying to do remote yeah
0: definitely I think um I think anyone who has parents in their kind of social group would have seen an absolute outpouring of social media posts on Friday, as parents finished up the what is will hopefully be the last week of remote, um, remote teaching or remote learning.
1: Oh, fantastic! Um,
0: yeah, really uh, a sense of euphoria. I think out there with parents.
1: Well, the the little free time you have, you'll you'll get a smidgen more, won't you? Just a little <laughs> bit more, not much, but a little bit. <laughs> so I, I just I just got to ask you though about um your daughter um, on a new bike is it a balanced bike or a full full um drive train? We,
0: no we went and got a yeah so she we, we had a kind of a, a cheapy bike because she was quite keen to learn so but we spent the last kind of 18 months slowly working away on it and coronavirus meant that we just had more opportunity to do it here um at home, you know, cause we were here. And so we went out for our hour exercise early on and then two hours. Um, and it gave us a sense of focus uh, there for that exercise. And she mastered it pretty quickly. And we went down to the local bike shop before stage four came in and got her a new bike. Also for her birthday. So not, you know, not completely splashing out, but it was definitely part of the encouragement for her that she'd get a bike that was more her size and she could pick the color.
1: Um, was it a secret?
0: We tried, but <laughs> she's I don't know if anyone out there has got those children that just they're an absolute, you know, just curious, she sticks a nose in everything, and completely impossible to keep almost everything a secret from her, and very different from my oldest, who I can literally buy his Christmas presents while he's with me. He's 10 now, he's always been the same. He can put stuff into the trolley he doesn't even notice. And I still remember my daughter being maybe two or three and we were out um and I think I bought I think you know confession I think I bought some easter eggs and I put them in the trolley behind her she fully turned around and went oh my they're for me they're for easter it's like how did you even see me do that it was a completely different parenting experience like that. they're all very different unique humans very, um we can't keep it a secret but we didn't succeed for very long
1: oh they're very good on anticipation and it also it always is always about them
0: yes, mostly succeed, particularly at six
1: so seeing we kind of starting to move out of stage four as a parent and cycling and all this sort of stuff, what can you see happening? Just yeah, from a local perspective, up where, where you are.
0: Yeah, look, I um, I think there's going to be some there'll be some difficulties as we transition to kids being back at school, uh, just in terms of different schools, you know, managing it in different ways, you know, staggered starts or drop offs or um, and those sorts of things. But I think that um, particularly for parents. Uh, families where a parent might have, might be working from home still, um, there's an opportunity to use more active transport because you don't have to then uh, travel into an office somewhere. You return to home, which is usually closer to the school than your workplace is. And so there's, I kind of have a bit of hope that people will, as the weather gets better as well, that people will kind of hold on to the, the new parts of the suburb they've discovered. I've spoken to lots of people up here. Um, and like I said, it's you know, it's different from Brunswick and it's a lot more um, car centric. And a lot of people up here have said they've discovered parts of the suburb that they have never seen before. They've been living here for five or 10 years and they know the streets so much better. Um, and I have, I have hope that that means that more people will be walking uh, and bike, you know, cycling. Um, particularly on those routes to school. And this is, I mean, this investment uh, in the government, it's not this. I don't think it'll probably reach us up here in Hadfield, but it'll, um, it'll assist a whole lot of families um, to establish those good habits and re-establish them as things start to reopen like schools and workplaces.
1: Everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in.
0: For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs.org. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter. Because October, November is
1: what Untraditionally, but we know it is like the start of bike season and people getting out and riding more. So, is there anything you could say to people who are, you know, getting their kids to ride to school, how to negotiate with a school or parking or anything like that? Or is that too big a topic?
0: Well, I mean, I think, I mean, it is very clear. So, a lot of, you know, it's that it's the chicken and egg thing, right? So, I know. At our school, when, we, when it's, you know, ride to school day, we have this kind of masses of of bikes and we have to figure out how to stall them during the day. And we've got a kind of bit of an empty cage that we stick them into. And I've been having ongoing conversations about reusing that space just ongoing as a spot to put the bikes um, throughout the year. Um, but it's a kind of, it's a, a question of, of need. So the more people who ride, the more more access there will be for things like that at the school, you know, abilities for bike parking uh, and people making, schools kind of making that kind of active travel route stuff more obvious to parents and assisting. It's kind of you reach a critical mass that um, it becomes safer and easier the more, the more families that ride to school. So I think that it's just kind of just go for it you yep. know ride to school figure out you know don't anticipate the you know don't um don't borrow trouble as my grandmother would say and just uh, give it a go I think uh, really for us is just um, if anyone is interested in working uh, with us or supporting us in the work, so parentsvoice.org.au is where you can find out about the advocacy work that we do. And we work across a whole lot of different uh, areas related to child uh, health and wellbeing, in particular kids' nutrition and physical activity. So we're working to change government policy and investment and corporate behaviour.
1: change we need to show broad community support. Show your support for walking and cycling in the city of Yarra by appearing as a champion on the Streets Alive website, representing your local street, neighbourhood or school. It's fast, free and simple.
0: Learn more at streets-alive-yarra.org. A 3CR supporter.
1: week's Yarra Bosk or user group radio program should be podcast soon on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts or go to yarabug.org forward slash radio if you want to find additional details what we discussed today. These podcasts are produced at Melbourne activist radio station 3CR. Presenters are all volunteers and 3CR's existence depends upon the financial support of our listeners. Go to 3cr.org.au Click on the support tab and select either donate, subscribe, shop, or fundraisers. Your subscription or donation keeps 3CR on air. On my bicycle, on my bicycle, yeah. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced
0: in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.